eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're you're tuned into It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. The top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. I'm Lindsay Patterson, Mike Santagatum. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Lindsay? Finally, we can talk after a win. It's been um, a long time, actually. This is our first episode after a win, so I'm actually I'm excited to talk about positive news with the Cincinnati Bengals right now. Oh, man, absolutely. I mean, the past two games... It's never fun to do podcasts and everything when team loses. So team finally wins and, uh, you know, people are actually going to listen, read, whatever. And uh, it's also just more exciting to talk about happy things than it is the trying to find silver lining in a loss to the Cowboys or the Steelers or whatever. So very excited to finally talk about this team beating a team, even if it's the Jets. I mean, hey, the Jets beat the Browns last week, so they're not helpless. After seeing this team against the Steelers and the Cowboys, it's any given Sunday. So, I mean, it's not for me. I I don't even think it's just the Jets because everybody saw what happened last year with them, too. And Joe Flacco, he's still a vet quarterback. He is a backup for a reason. Um, But kind of just moving along from the positive side, we'll say with quarterback play right now, one of the biggest things that we heard all week, I didn't know if it was like coach speak, player speak, but they were talking about starting out fast because it's something that they've just really struggled with um, under Zach Taylor era. And, you know, even though that Joe Burrow is here, they just, it's been really hard for them to just go out there in the first quarter and dominate the one game that really sticks out for me personally is, you know, the Steelers game last year, the Ravens game, but it's just been a while since they've been able to do that. And they decided, Hey, we're going to take the ball first. And I loved that because they never do that. And I get why you don't, you, you know, go stop them on defense and then get it in the second half. But at the same time, I think this might be a new approach that we see from this team, because even Joe talked about it in his press conference. 
it's fun to go out there when you already have a lead and you're not playing from behind. You're not playing catch up. And you can really see that with this offense. I didn't feel like the offense hit its full potential potential because there were still plays left out there. And then, you know, in the second half, they could have, you know, you would rather have touchdowns versus the field goal, but it really didn't change much of the game because I really felt like they were going to win that one. Uh, it's been a long time since we felt that way and it wasn't a close game. But Joe Burrow, 275, three touchdowns, and he, you know, got the ball to different receivers. And I think that's one thing that he's looking to do. T. Higgins, I mean, absolutely just a star out there. And it's so unfortunate that that touchdown didn't count for him. But we'll stay with, we'll stay with Burrow first. What did you think about his play today? Oh, he was good. He was uh, what, what the standard would be uh, that I have set for him for like, yeah, that's a good performance. <laughs> he was, he protected the ball. He extended plays. He threw downfield, but he also took timely check downs, got the ball out on time. Net, didn't put his offensive line in a bad spot overall, just like a very good performance. Wouldn't say great just yet. I think it was very good. I think uh, he was accurate. A lot went great for him. The only thing is that I think of as his great performances are like those games against the Chiefs, the second second half of the 49ers game. Uh, you think of Ravens, both games really, where he's able to be, you know, a fireball down the field uh, and just create explosive play after explosive play and escape a ton of sacks, just things like that. So for me, it was a good not yet great, but definitely the best performance we've gotten from Burrow this season. What did you think? I agree with you. I, I think that we've seen the best of, not even the best of Joe Burrow, but we saw 2021 Joe Burrow. We've and seen better. Yeah. We've seen better. And I think this was just, I think it was just good to see because Joe did look comfortable out there. And then obviously, you know, you want to keep him protected. That's huge. Nobody wants to see Joe take any hits or any sacks, but he just looked like there were moments that this team today, there's, there are things to clean up. They didn't play a perfect game. It had like the 2021 glimpse and I'm like, okay, that team is still here. They're still good. They can still get it going on, on offense. I mean, you know, Tyler Boyd going for one Oh five today. I, I didn't have Tyler Boyd as the leading receiver today. And that touchdown I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah. Don't forget about T Boyd. We talk about T Higgins, Jamar Chase, uh, Tyler's still out there too. And I think that was really fun to see. And, and as I mentioned earlier, Joe just talking in this press conference about the wide receivers and his biggest thing is, he wants to continue to give everyone the ball. And that's huge when you have all these playmakers. And I just felt overall, Joe played a, yeah, Joe played a good game. It, it was probably his best one that we've seen this year. And, you know, he had a little bit of moments late in the Steelers game in the fourth quarter Cowboys game. They had that one drive, but it really never felt like Joe. Um, and, and we saw that with this game. We'll go to um, the play calling. What did you think about the play calling this week? Yeah, right away they uh, seem to know that there is a problem and are looking for more ways to address it, more looking for changes. Uh, first play of the game was a duo with, uh, I think it's Stick, but it might have just been uh, Hitch's uh, RPO. So what it is is duo, which is basically power play. They're going to push forward a pair of double teams. And Joe's going to read the uh, to the passing strength, the linebacker overhang, whatever is over there. If he goes in to fit the run, then you throw the hitch. If he tries to uh, play out, you just hand it off and let uh, the running back create. He came in a little bit or stayed, doesn't matter. He didn't go out, and Joe throws the hitch. 11 yards on like the first play of the game. And right then it was like, okay, they, they know there's an issue with 
they're quick, just a lot of issues with the offense. Not that it's all terrible or that it was all terrible, but they, you know, they need to find so find a way to get more consistent and creative plays. That's one of them. And then it felt like they were really just mess. It still feels like they're kind of just messing around with the run game, seeing, okay, when we do this, does this work? Does, does that work? And I would say that that could be your one real disappointment of the game was just the run game, at least before P Ryan uh, came in because I mean, we will talk about it later, but I'm not sure the blocking was great or the running. Uh, it seemed like everything was a little bit off or at least through most of that game, but the passing, it was there. And we, I on Twitter talked a lot about does it's hard for defensive coordinators to change their stripes. I still thought Robert Sala was just going to do the, what, what, what's worked and just call a bunch of Tampa two, but he probably doesn't rep it that much in practice. They had 13 snaps of Tampa two in the past year and two games. Uh, so less than one a game. <laughs> so I don't think this is something that they really try to run a lot of. So they did run it a couple times, but I think that's why you saw them not use it all the time. And basically what that did for them, for the Bengals, is we got some one-on-one shots. They even went to single high, and that's when T was able to soar over top of Sauce and catch that ball. Uh, they took a few shots downfield because of that. Um, even the uh, – it was a third down, I believe, to T on the left sideline against DJ Reed where it goes back shoulder. And – Honestly, to me, was what an insane decision to call single high with a five foot nine inch corner on your on a six foot four inch wide receiver. I just feel like that's a crazy call to be like, yeah, he'll be fine out there. <laughs> he was not. Well, and, and kind of just saying with the offense right now, I know that you're going to dive into it and we'll get a more in depth segment on the episode this week, but the offensive line from week one and week two, just from the early glimpses of watching the game, how did you feel? They were much better. I know I just said that it wasn't great in the run game and it probably wasn't, but pass protection, much better. Now that's just a little bit to be expected. You're not playing TJ Watt and Micah Parsons, but they weren't only losing to those guys. So seeing them actually perform pretty well as a unit a few times it, it seemed to me like Burrow thought I'm going to be under pressure and he kind of looks down. I think it was only once or twice, but it happened. And he's like, Oh, I've got, I've got protection. <laughs> and he, you know, I think that bled in and he started feeling more confident in the guys protecting him. Then of course he takes a sack to his knee, but <laughs> as he's, as he's going to the game, it felt like he was more confident in the offensive line. And I thought overall they did do a good job in this game. And we'll move over to the wide receivers. As I mentioned earlier, Joe loved it. He's like, I'm getting everybody the ball. T. Higgins had a touchdown that didn't count. Got Jamar Chase one time in the end zone. What did you think overall of the the, the wide receiver today? I thought T and Boyd were sensational. Um, this was not a good chase game. He had a few drops. He His foot came off the ground. It was a tough catch. But he had a couple drops, and uh, he also had the fumble. Well, whatever you want to call it. It's either a drop drop or a fumble. Neither way is it, either way it's bad. (laughs) So I think it was also a drop, but he had a pair of those, I think. Mm -hmm. And the one even gets ruled a fumble. That's why you can't drop the ball (laughs) because you're putting in the official's hands. Um, Just overall, not the best Jamar Chase performance, probably the worst performance we've seen in quite some time from him. And they're still able to be a very good offense because 
they have T and they have Boyd. And we've talked about how you have to chase is going to get the wide receiver, the elite wide receiver treatment. That means these guys are going to have their opportunities and they really took advantage of it today. The Boyd catch and run to me was bonkers because he takes a helmet to helmet hit (laughs) stays on his feet and runs for 40 more yards for the touchdown. And yeah, T was just dunking on everybody. It seemed like, but mainly, uh, well, no, it was both Reed and sauce. He dunk, he got a dunk on both of them and what should have been a touchdown. A lot of 50, 50 calls didn't go their way, but you can overcome that when you, uh, when you're just playing so well. So I thought the receivers in general were very good. Um, Just, and it's the one guy who you think is consistently going to be great, had an off game and you were still great. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like there, there was still a lot of points, you know, left off the scoreboard for this team that they can get even better on offense. Hayden Hurst, who I felt like in the off season, great addition as a free agent. Do you think that they're not using him enough in the tight end position? And maybe we'll see more of that with different defenses they're facing. Uh, I think that one, when a team is going to – I don't know. I I think today I have no real issue with it. Um, And I feel like he's gotten targets the other two weeks. I think it's a little bit of when teams are going to focus so much on the wide receivers and play whatever cover two Tampa coverages, then he can do stuff underneath and down the seam, the – in between the two safeties, but today where the, co- where the defensive coordinator coach, whoever is calling plays for the jets defense gets away from that a little bit. When you get into that single high world, what that's going to do is uh, it's going to drop. We think too high two two safeties back as to prevent deep balls, basically. And you think one high, one of those safeties comes down into that intermediate shallow area. So that's really where, Hurst operates and so they congest that a little bit more give up the deep ball the t a couple times and that's what it is but uh to me I, I had no issues with what Hurst did it's just so hard for him to be a consistently like 50 60 70 yards at a touchdown type guy and getting five six seven targets a game when you are the fourth mouth to feed in the passing offense so I thought he was fine today. I, I didn't think he was bad from what I could see, but I he's he's good, I think. We talked about that. I think he's good. I think he's shown that he's a good tight end. But when you have T and Boyd going, you don't really have to start feeding Hurst because you already have two guys that are doing what they do. All right, I want to get to the all the fun stuff, the more more positive for this team on the flip side, the defense. One thing that we have talked about in the last two games has been a bright spot, and it was again today against the Jets offense. We'll get to that next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. We talked about the offense, the wide receivers, the offensive line, quarterback Joe Burrow, the play calling, all good news when they were in New Jersey on Sunday. But the negative, something that is going to impact this offense where they've not impacted right now, but it is something they need to figure out for Joe Burrow's sake. Offensive line, everybody on the offensive side is getting this run game going so you can balance out your offense. And it's just not working with Joe Mixon. And I find it a little surprising because, you know, people will point to the offensive line and just say offensive line is bad or offensive line is learning. They're not creating holes. They're not blocking. They're not doing this. All can be true. But Joe has played with really bad offensive lines since he's been in Cincinnati. So that was really surprising to me. What's going on with Joe Mixon? I think I brought this up a couple of times because I would say today he underperformed. I didn't think he was bad in the first two games. He missed a read in week two, whatever, one read. I thought he made some good cuts other than that. Um, and week one, I actually thought he was pretty good. But they've run him so much, he came off the field both times with an injury. And it's the ankle, I think. Both times it was the ankle. I don't know if it's the same ankle or not. I think it's starting to already add up. And he leaves the field again with an ankle injury today. So I think he might just need a little less work, uh, keep him a little bit more fresh. This is the whole idea behind the committee running backs is these guys can't take the pounding that they have before, uh, or at least it's not a good idea for them to take that level of a pounding. So I think that's a little bit of the issue. I would say today in general, I think this was like a variance, like very bad type of game for the run game for him. Um, it's not all him either. It is still blocking, although he has performed despite blocking before. I would just say, I think he wasn't good today. Uh, I think also though, I have a pretty good amount of faith that he is going to put in better performances than the past three weeks. What did you think about uh, Samaj P. Ryan? He gets a lot of criticism on social media. Everybody remembers what happened in the Super Bowl and that play call. We gave him some love last week. It, this might be a Samaj P. Ryan love podcast too, because we talked about his block last week in the two point conversion, and then he, you know, had the run game going just a little bit. It was a little different, and obviously more than likely was out there because Joe Mixon was sidelined with his injury. But what did you think of Samaj today? In the pat, well, don't forget, caught the first touchdown of the game too. That's true. That's true. But taking it to the Chris Evans believers of (laughs) they need a receiving threat. And then Savage is a receiving threat, I guess. Yeah, we love it. Yeah, I I thought he was great today. Um, In the run game, I I think it's getting a little bit overstated what he did uh, on online. I think he was solid, but he no runs under, I believe, three yards, no runs over seven yards. He was kind of like Ben Jarvis Green Ellis used to be able to do, just come in, get you four or five yards every single play. That's great when you need four or five yards, when it's when you want more, you know, everybody wants to get an explosive play here and there. He's probably not getting that for you. But uh, overall, he runs hard. He's, he's not fast. He's not quick, but he runs hard. 
He's very strong. Um, I think he gets upfield quickly. I think a lot of people love that. So that's why he's not ever really losing yards. Also, I don't know how many opportunities he had to lose yards because I only saw, I think, one play where a guy got near him behind the line of scrimmage. But overall, I, I don't want to discredit it at all. I thought he played well. I thought he played as if, like I just said, Nixon might need to be a little bit more of a committee type usage so he's not getting 30 carries, 30 touches in a game. But to go with that, who gets some of those is I think you bring in P. Ryan a couple times. I wouldn't say it should be a 50-50 split, but I do think he's shown like, yeah, I could I could take the load for a drive. You know, like if, if we just score, they go three and out. Instead of you going back out there while you're gassed, send me out there. I'll keep the offense afloat at least for, what, three, four, five plays, and then you can come back in. Well, Twitter would want you to put Chris Evans in there too, and then you'd have a three. <laughs> he had a great catch. He did. He did. I'm, I, I joked on social media today that I think the coaching staff um, was reading Twitter this week because you get Chris Evans, uh, Dax Hill had a few reps in there, and uh, yeah, everybody's getting what they want after that, and then they get a win. We'll flip over to the defensive side, but I do want to mention, when you mentioned uh, Ben Jarvis Greenellis, man, that is so sad. When he came to Cincinnati, he had no fumbles, and then, of course, when he got here, he fumbles the ball. Like, it's just, it was <laughs> remember those glory days. Um, but Jay Morrison, I want to flip to the defensive side. It felt like there were so many injuries today. Obviously, every week around the NFL, they're going to happen live action, regular season. But my goodness, our guy, DJ Reader, I think scared the whole entire social media world when he went down. And everything's still not 100% on the outcome of his injury. Um, it is a knee injury. But DJ Reader did say that just giving this positive update, just in case anybody listening did not see it yet. He's very encouraged that the knee injury isn't more severe. He said he didn't want to return to the sideline the second half because they wanted him to stay off of it. They put the game on in the locker room and kicked back and he watched the win from the locker room. That has me a little encouraged. Obviously we'll find out more this week It is a short week. So maybe, you know, he, he isn't getting reps in practice or anything like that this week. We'll know more because there's really no off days when you have a Thursday night game. So I feel like we'll have more of an update on what the outlook looks like for DJ reader. But I felt like that was encouraging to hear and hopefully all good news for DJ reader. That was just, ah, that was, I did not like any part of that. There was too many injuries today. No, I uh, I, I was very upset about the DJ reader. Th they were winning, and I was still just like distraught as if they were getting killed. I was like, yes. no, no, my DJ. God. No, not, not reader. Okay. Not anybody, but not reader. <laughs> and I think it was pretty close to when T also took a big shot. I'd have to go look back to when it was, but I was just like, Oh my God, they're getting decimated on really important players. And then T's not actually that hurt. Thank God that looked bad. Uh, but then reader goes down. He got rolled up on. I couldn't really see it that well. His left leg, he's just taken on a block and I can't remember if it was a Bengal or a jet. Unfortunate. Just somebody hits him from the side and his leg kind of caves in. Um, no idea what it could be a sprain. Could I don't want to guess. There no. was bad. The bad news is he was ruled out like immediately. The yeah. good news is he stayed on the sideline and has been saying he doesn't think it's too severe. And I believe uh, he, he was asked about Thursday and he said, we'll see. So that makes me feel a lot better about this not being like a six to eight week type of injury. Like I thought immediately when he went down was just, Oh, that's it. Isn't it? That's half the season, blah, blah, blah. But if it's just one, two games, yeah, it's, it's comes at a bad time. 
<laughs> with the Jets and Ravens back to back, but it's better than what it could have been. Uh, just hope he's good enough for Thursday. And I hope he is good. I don't, I hope he's not playing at like 70% the rest of the year because I mean, he has been incredible this season. So hope he's healthy. Hope we get to see some more DJ reader out there dominating like he has been in the past three weeks now. Uh, but scary moment for me. Uh, <laughs> hated to see that. But uh, yeah, other than that, I can't think there weren't any other real injuries, were there on the defense? Other than no, no, okay. I felt like it in the NFL overall today. There were injuries all over the place. But with DJ oh, yeah. Reader, yeah, it, well, there was a little bit of a scare with Trey Hendrickson, but he came back mm-hmm. in for after one play, and and he seemed to be okay. Speaking of Trey Hendrickson. We've talked about it before on this podcast. And one of the things is, you know, getting to the quarterback, putting that pressure on him. And we really saw that with the defense today. It was one of their best games. And they've been playing legit in first and the first and second game. But this was this made me feel really good about Trey. Like Trey, what we saw last year out of Trey Hendrickson, we want to see that again. And I felt like this was his coming out party for the season. Like, hey, I'm here. Don't forget about me. And I'm here to wreck the quarterback right now. And I feel like we saw that today. Look like the top 10 guy that I've been hoping to see. Uh, like I've talked about where he didn't dominate Dan Moore and Tyler Smith. He dominated whoever was at left tackle for the Jets today. I don't know if Fant left with an injury or if he left with, uh, you know, butt kicked itis. <laughs> but uh, he, Trey was taking it to him early. And then uh, there, his first sack was really good. It was a chip from, I think, Conklin. And he gets past the chip. And then, Fant tries to block him, gets past Fant, and he gets a strip sack. And I was just like, oh, he's here. He's back. This is what we wanted to see. And I think a little bit of that is something I don't know if we hit on enough. It's just this team hasn't played with a lead the entire season. So they're finally playing with a lead. He's pinning his ears back. He's getting into these third and longs. And he just dominated. It was awesome to watch. That was a prime Trey Hendrickson game. Can't wait to go back and watch it because, yeah, that he – might have been the best player, probably was the best player on the defense today. I think Aruzier was really good too. And Reader was before he left, but you, I'm going to take one. Of the, oh, Wilson too. I mean, the defense in general had a lot of guys that played really well. So, but I do think you could easily make the argument Hendrickson was the best. Three sacks, can't beat that. Two forced fumbles, I believe. That's awesome. Uh, just overall, what a pass rushing game from him. And that doesn't even include all the plays he won and didn't get home. And we'll, we'll stay with the defensive side. I know you mentioned Cheetah. I want to get to that in just a moment. But Cam Sample, he is flashing in front of our eyes out there. And I saw your tweet. You know, yeah. he's in the conversation to get more snaps out there. What did you think of him today? Yeah, I thought he was good. I, I remember he flashed a bunch in the first half. I always like to go back and watch before I really have a solid take. But my take in the first half was, ooh, Cam Sample. <laughs> you know, he's look, he's flashing a lot. Like, I see him on a lot of these plays. He had a pressure that was almost a sack. Uh, he had a few run stops. Just overall, I was, I was impressed with what Cam Sample did for the Bengals today. And, I mean, look – he he's clearly not the same position as reader, but they're probably gonna have to shift Tupo into nose tackle sometimes, maybe even do that a little bit with Hill. I'm not sure exactly what they'll do if reader has to sit out a game, but I do feel pretty confident that cam sample is going to be able to step in and play some of that three tech five tech, you know, inside of the edge rusher stuff in between edge rusher and nose tackle that they like to have two of those guys. One's BJ Hill. The other one has been, whoever Tupo Carter sample. And I think today for me, I thought sample flashed the most and uh, he'd be, I'd be looking to give him more snaps. I I, th- I was really impressed with him 
And Akeem Davis Gaither played well too in Jermaine Pratt's absence. Yeah, I was actually going to move over to the linebacking room. Uh, when I heard Jermaine was out, obviously that's a bummer for the linebackers and his experience with this team. But with Akeem, when he's healthy, and, and I felt when he is healthy on the field, when he was for the moments last year, this guy, when he gets his time, he's really going to show up. And I felt like we saw that out of him today, knowing that you have that depth at linebacker. We know the history with this team. I mean, they went through years and years of struggling how to you know, have a legit linebacking room. And then you get Logan Wilson, who doesn't get enough credit in the NFL with the plays he makes out there. I still, I went and watched the, the um, return, the interception return because it's just so funny to him. him run with the ball and he ran so fast. I mean, I know you're going against the offense there, but uh, it was so fun to watch that, but you, you just the, the linebacker room overall, it, I felt like they had a nice day and um, it's good to see Akeem Davis Gaither obviously want Jermaine Pratt out there and healthy and hopefully he can come back on Thursday, um, but to, to show up in his position. Yeah, I thought he made a bunch of tackles. Um, he's light. And I think I don't remember. They like to sometimes with Pratt get into what's called a penny package, which is five guys on the line of scrimmage. And then one linebacker, that's Logan Wilson. One of the edge guys in that package for them is Pratt. And my immediate thought was they're probably not running that today. And I don't remember seeing it today, although things slip past me when I'm watching live just one time as it goes by. Also I had to stream today. So like it cut in and out sometimes. So take everything I'm saying a little bit great of salt that I didn't catch absolutely everything today, but I didn't see them get to that. And uh, even though he did do that in the Sun Belt when he played there, he played a lot of edge, but the guy's like 215 pounds. <laughs> just Pratt takes on pulling guards in that, in that package. I, I feel like that's malpractice if Davis Gaither's going to try to take on a Lincoln Tomlinson pooling, trying to take his head off. I'm like, ah, I don't know about that one. But overall, thought he played well. And can't give enough credit to Logan Wilson. They ran on his interception. It was a Tampa 2 look. And he is what's called the pole runner, which is the guy that drops deeper than the other linebackers in between the two safeties. And he gained so much depth. Like that pass was probably like 30 yards downfield, if not more. I haven't gone back to watch and see how far. But it's deep, and he is—he starts at the line of scrimmage. They disguised it, and then he is just booting out of there. I mean, he is on turn on his side, just full sprint shuffle <laughs> type movement, and the ball is thrown, and he's able to get underneath it. So I thought that was awesome. That reminds me. I mean, that is so much of the football that I kind of like grew up on in the mid 2000s to have a, a Mike linebacker that can drop like 25 yards in a Tampa two to take away the middle of the field and get an interception. Remind me of like Brian Urlacher with the bears. He would do stuff like that. That's just insane type of range and ball skills. Two hands on the ball in the return, though. That fumble was, like, comically far. Like, it came out uh, – it, it shot out, like, 10 yards before it hit the ground. I was like, oh, my goodness. But, no, it, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful highlight. This defense was definitely fun to watch. And there's more to get to on that side because they are who we thought they would be in training camp when they were dominating the offense and what we saw last year in the playoffs and just overall in regular season. We'll have more on that when we get back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's always game day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Still talking about this defense because it's legit. I still feel like it's underrated. Doesn't get enough credit now because I'm from Cincinnati and I watch it and I know they have the talent, but there's a lot of playmakers on this team. You know, we just went through all of them in the last segment, but we got to focus on the secondary too. What was Joe Flacco doing when he's throwing to Cheeto in back-to-back throws thinking, oh, no, well, maybe this time Cheeto will miss? Because he's playing like it. Where would you put him in the cornerback room overall in the NFL after three weeks of football? I have no idea. Uh, I don't know if I've watched those guys. Because, like, Ramsey has been my number one guy since forever, it feels like. And uh, the only game I watched him, he got toasted by Buffalo. So I'm like – I don't know. I, I mean, like, should I still prefer him? It was one game. Uh, ballpark is uh, 12. That feels safe. Top 12? Yeah, 12. You, you're not going to go top 10 yet, but 12. He could get to top 10. I feel like there's a lot of good corners. <laughs> Although some of them haven't played. Like, Trey White hasn't played, so I guess he does hop him. You know what? We'll go, we'll go full homer and top 10. Top 10. I feel like when you do top 10, you can't mess up. I always did that with Jamar Chase. I'd be like, top five wide receiver. And people would be like – well, he's not one. And I said top five. You know, I'm not I'm not saying that he's one. I'm not saying that he's two. I'm not saying that he's three, four, or five. It's just so easy to just go at your top route. Uh, when we talk about Joe Burrow and the quarterback, I mean, all that stuff is silly anyways. None of it matters. Um, what, what, he, what he looks like is a, a dude that I feel good with at cornerback one. That's I love I that. I love that. Uh, I could say the same about a lot of position groups on this team right now. Eli Apple, uh, almost, I mean, in my guilt, no one's had a pick six. Like, you just think of the secondary, you look, safety room corners. They're fun. To, they're having some fun out there. And I know, again, who they're facing, what offense is backup quarterbacks, and you have to take that into account. But at the same time, I like what I'm seeing out there. And then, of course, Jesse Bates seals the deal with his uh, interception to end the game. And I like the Jets receivers. Uh, I don't want to. Just because yeah, Flacco's be. throwing them the ball. I mean, yeah, you're right. Garrett Wilson looks like a really good rookie. Uh, Elijah Moore is a solid player, and he was last year as a rookie, and now he's more of the same this year. Corey Davis, a good wide receiver three. I think I think I prefer Boyd, but overall, like that's that's a good third guy to have. I didn't like him as the one, but as the three, yeah, I'll take that. So I think they have a good wide receiver room. There's a better one coming next week. But oh yeah. <laughs> this was a this I thought this was a pretty good test though because this this wide receiver room killed the Browns. I mean the Browns corners are really good. Denzel Ward, that's also a top 10 guy. Newsom was really good in the games I watched last season. I have no idea about the rookie, but uh, the other the other two, like those that's one of the best duos in the league and they took it to them. So to see the Bengals hold up and their end of the bargain in this one, I like that. Um Flacco performs how uh, you know I kind of expect uh, Joe Flacco to perform. Um, but, yeah, they got the big test coming next week. Uh, speed, 
Another quarterback I'm not 100% sure on, but I do think he is better than he was given credit for coming into the year. Definitely better than what uh, I, I think Tua at least looks solid and he might be pretty good. Who knows? Yeah, no, I, I, I think Tua is showing the world right now in the NFL that he's playing solid football after three weeks. And um, obviously we know it's a long season. We'll see what happens on Thursday night. We'll get more into that later in the week. But you know, we can talk positives after a win because it's so much fun. Um, but it doesn't even hurt to bring a negative up when you win and win handily. Like I thought the game, I never really felt like the Jets were going to come back and win it. Even though with about two and a half, three minutes on the clock, I did look at the score, the scoreboard, the time, how much the Bengals were up by and thought, don't pull a Cleveland Browns right now. Don't find a way to lose this game, you know, being up. The majority of the game, it really didn't feel like the Jets were a threat out there. Um, but the missed kick, Evan Money, McPherson misses a 41-yarder. I leave the room when they're kicking because I'm like, oh, Evan's going to make it. He always makes it, Evan. And besides the Steelers game, we all remember that. Uh, but what happened? Was it was it the whole snap? Was it Evan McPherson? Was it the weather? I haven't been able to see a replay to see for sure. I don't think it was laces in. I have no idea though, because the the at this point the broadcast was so bad <laughs> about everything. So bad. They didn't they didn't have any replays. The great part was seeing all twenty two live. The bad part was there was no replays, and they were trying to call the game live from the studio while they weren't watching. But the snap was bad. I will say that uh, whether or not the laces ended up inside, the snap ends up high and to the inside on Huber. But it still feels like it gets down okay. I know there's some weather issues. It's a terrible kick, though. It didn't hit the net. I always think if a kick hits the net and it misses, like, that's okay. This one curves so much. It just went right into the stands. Only 41 yards. So it wasn't, like, a really long kick. It felt so much like you could leave the room and expect he makes that. But he didn't. Um, That's just... I don't know. It could be timing. Maybe this. Maybe the laces were in. I just haven't seen a replay, um, which can cause an issue because that's where like the ball forms. You st- should still be able to kick it, but that'd be the second time he's had laces in on a missed kick, which just sucks. Uh, I don't know. I, I would expect Evan hits these kicks, but he wasn't great in the regular season last year from this distance, like that in between forty like 35 to 45, I want to say. He missed a few kicks from there. But I think of him as like a top three, five kicker in the league. So I expect that he's able – I thought that was just kind of noise. But maybe it's not. Something to watch. Um, I, I'm throwing out a lot of the Steelers stuff because, you know, emergency yeah. long snapper situation. I, I I don't know if the snap was bad enough to discredit uh, or to give blame to him over McPherson missing this especially with how bad he missed. So I honestly, I put, I probably put most of the blame on Evan McPherson here. It has to be better. It wasn't important in this game, but next week he can't miss that kick. And I know weather always a concern, but he's a pro. He's got a heck of a leg. He should be able to kick through it. I think he'll be fine, but that, that just kind of put like a little sour note on the end of that, a, a really good ending drive, four minute drill type situation and then miss the kick. It's just like, oh, man, come on. 
this this podcast is safe because we can talk about the good, the bad. We can uh, last week we talked about Joe Burrow's play, the offensive line. We can we can bring that stuff up if it's you know on them. And I think Evan will be fine. I think Evan McPherson will bounce back if it is on him. Obviously rewatching it and all of that stuff people are gonna be like oh it was this or this it was this um Evan I don't know why this is gonna sound so silly when he's almost too close and not that 41 yards is close it's pretty far (laughs) I am like oh I want Evan far like really far back like at the 50 and I feel good about it because of his leg I'm like oh he'll get it over it's totally fine even at the Super Bowl I'm not gonna lie this was my thought you know how the Bengals went for it I thought on the fourth down I was like kick it let him and kick it. Uh, were they on the? Were, were they even on the other side of the forty? This is like a, a seventy yard. It's gonna be like a seventy yard. But at that point, if that was your, if the play that they ran in the Super Bowl was your alternative, what if you were, if you were told, if you were told, case was open though. <laughs> you brought it up. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? You're right. But what if I told you before the play? What if I told you like the future of that play? I would have said. You can have Evan kick it here, or this is the game plan play that they're going to run. What would you have said? I would put the ball in Burrow's hands. Unless you told me that the result was going to be an incomplete pass. And then I'd be like, (laughs) well, I guess with a 0% chance, I guess I I will kick this. Or run, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Run away from Donald this time. I don't know. I'm sorry. I I shouldn't have brought it up. I shouldn't have brought it up. It just made me think. (laughs) I I would put the ball in my quarterback's hands over take a 70-yard kick. Now, from 60? Then I might. I don't Just know. like they should have done in the. Is this court. is this a Nate Hackett situation that we're that we're running into here? I mean, I'm not <laughs> even. We're not. I'm never going to talk about it again. Uh, but you're right. You should always let Joe cook, even in the overtime against the 49ers. You should let Joe cook. Um, but we're moving uh, on. We're moving on. We're moving on after a win. <laughs> we are going to move forward to around the NFL. It's kind of been a bizarre day with some of these games. I don't even know if you could consider an upset. The Bills fall to Miami everybody knew that was going to be a pretty good game I honestly thought the Bills would walk away with it but they did have a lot of injuries in their cornerback room so that was not going to be helpful against this Miami explosive offense is are the Miami Dolphins and we're going to talk a lot about them on Tuesday's pod in the preview for the game on Thursday Night Football after three weeks of football do you believe in the Miami Dolphins is it two is it the wide receivers is it the defense what are you looking at from that squad that is like hey this is a legit AFC contender Oh yeah, I think they're legit. I think they're. This was kind of the game to show it. Really, I think the thing that we're all talking about—the speed at receiver—we're talking about Tua's improvement. We're talking about the coach, and you know all of that stuff. That defense is still really good. Uh, you hold the Bills to like 17 points. They had injuries this game because this was on the background while I watched the Bengals game, and I mean they lost the center. Then they lost, I believe the. For some reason, they got to their third, I think their third string center. I don't know if the other guy moved to guard because somebody else went out. The entire right side of the line was hurt. Um, Diggs was coming up hobbled once in a while. And then just overall, I it was kind of not a great game from Josh. I, he threw the ball to the defense a lot. And that was something we didn't see the first two games. But that's also, I think, why you don't overreact to two games. <laughs> because... This is kind of Josh has always had these type of games once in a while. So I thought they did a really good job against the Bills offense. So like one of the maybe the best offense in the league and they really stifled them and they had Josh throwing ball to the defense, incomplete passes, etc. 
I came away really impressed with their defense. Their offense is very explosive. I can't say if it's great, though, because you think they scored like zero points and a half against the Ravens. I know they explode after that and score like 40. They don't really put a bunch of points on the Patriots, and they only put up like 20 points today. <laughs> 21. I don't remember which, uh, but I don't know if it's a great offense. Like if you just go by the average score, I'm sure it's in the thirties because of that one giant performance, but there's two other games that the bills have a good defense, but they were down both safeties and two corners and they still, they got their place, but they didn't explode the way you, this wasn't a 31 to 30 game. This was a defensive slug fest. And I don't know what, what I came away with was, I'm really nervous about the defense and the pressure they can bring, but I'm not, I I'm nervous about the speed, but I'm not going into the game thinking they're the Bengals are going to give up 30 points this game. So they have to like try to run a track meet to compete. Yeah. When you were talking about Josh Allen, he was throwing the ball to the defenders, but Miami wasn't doing anything. It was like every single time I'm like, they should have had it again. Like it was, it was wild. And their offense, I mean, it struggled to get balance. I want to say he threw for over 60, maybe it was 63 today, which is insane. Uh, And he can't do that every game. I don't want Joe Burrow doing that every game. That's why I want their run game to get balanced out. And uh, he didn't do that today. He did half of that actually at 36 passes. Um, but you know, just overall in the AFC, when you look at some of the other games, it's the, the chargers are obviously Justin Herbert being injured and playing through it. He's a trooper. He's a tough dude. He's a great quarterback. We know that the Jags are, the Jags are back. I don't know if they really ever are making a huge return because that organization, everybody kind of forgets about it down in Florida, but Trevor Lawrence in year two, it's early, but the guy's slinging it. Look, I said it when he was hired. I think Doug Peterson's a great coach. I thought he might have been the best hire in this cycle. Now we're looking at Mike McDaniel. He could be too. Ryan Dabble is his guy 2-0. But I still think I'd still roll with Doug Peterson as the best hire. I think he gets way too much crap for the whole Wentz situation falling out when it's kind of appeared Wentz is just like, at least at that time, was kind of uncontrollable and also wasn't very good anymore. So they had the young guy. They had him. It was just a whole messy love triangle situation, and he ends up leaving or getting fired over it. Don't remember which. Either way, he was losing his job. Comes back, and I just – I immediately saw it. was like they have their quarterback. I, I, whatever you thought of Trevor Lawrence's rookie year, I thought he was just kind of taking some heat checks and seeing what can I do, what can't I do in this league. And Urban Meyer kind of sucks. So, you know, this is the year to try it. Whole team's not great. It, but – uh, Doug Pearson runs a runs a tight ship. He runs a good team. He values offensive line play, quarterback play. They had to overpay to get some guys there, but they're all performing really well. Like Christian Kirk, I think was the laughing stock of Twitter for his contract. And but it's like three straight games with a touchdown. All three games, I think he has like seventy or more yards. He's doing really well. Um, they're finding ways to use him creatively. I think it's a creative offense. I think it's. I'll say this. I think they win the AFC South. I don't know how you feel about it, but it's a pretty weak division. I said it last week. I said Jaguars are going to win the AFC South. Um, I I like what I'm seeing over there. Any team who has a quarterback and a legit head coach, you, you're going to go somewhere. You are. 
and they do have the talent down there. I feel like no one pays attention to it, and we don't hear about Trevor Lawrence enough. And maybe we will tomorrow on, on some of the ESPN national shows because of what he did to the Chargers, but he's just not in that conversation, and that's always wild to me. Um, I remember Joe saying it after the Thursday night game last year. He had told him, he's like, look, I went through that my rookie year. I went through this before with some rough starts. You're going to turn it around. Things are going to be okay. Just get that one year under your belt. And we're really seeing that from Trevor Lawrence. And hopefully he gets some respect for what he's doing down there. But, yeah, I agree. That division is it's questionable. Um, and what's crazy is I don't think the AFC West is going to – I mean, three weeks in. I can't overreact too much because it's three weeks of football, 14 more games to go. But the AFC West might not be as dominant as everybody thinks right now. Yeah, the, the Raiders are 0-3. The Broncos – I don't know their record, but they've been playing bad. Uh, Chargers just lost. Chiefs look beatable, although they are three and zero. Just overall, one and one Broncos. <laughs> uh, thanks, Nick. Chief, oh, Chiefs two and one. I, I one. think three and zero. Oh, they just lost today to the Colts. That's the Colts. Yeah, yeah. They didn't play. Yeah, overall that that doesn't look like the juggernaut division we all predicted. Um, but hey, it, that that means Bengals alive. One, one and two, you know, if the Broncos fall, they are right in that seven teams. You get three wild card spots now, right in the wild card hunt. You don't want to be talking about wild card. You want to be talking about the division title, but as a fallback player, because the AFC North does look pretty good. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that the wild card spots are open. You're not just handing two of them out to the AFC West. Uh, but yeah, I, I overall, I really like what I saw from Lawrence. It really feels when you're talking about it, I was like, it, it kind of feels like what Joe Burrow did where we, his first year, I think he was better than Lawrence year one, but he also had a better situation, which is hard to say, <laughs> but I think he had a better situation than year one Jags just because of the coach and everything went on there. And at least he had T and Boyd and all those guys. So it kind of reminds me of that. It's like, is this, you know, is this Trevor Lawrence coming out? Is this Trevor Lawrence, is he going to make the playoffs, make his push? You know, it kind of reminds me of what the Bengals could do. So I'm not writing them off as even, you know, like they're not an easy out, even if they do make the playoffs in a bad AFC South. No, I agree. And there's going to be plenty of work to do this week in the AFC. Big showdown Thursday night football in Cincinnati. It would be a huge win if Cincinnati can pull it off and, and go to 500, 2-2, two and, two and, and beat a pretty hot Dolphins team right now. But we'll get to more this week on that preview. What's going to be on all Bengals this week? I'll have takeaways up by the time this is done or when you're listening to it. Um, and then I don't know about the midweek one yet, uh, like I never do. <laughs> I always just kind of feel that's, as I go. Great. Might just do Trey Hendrickson. You know, three sacks, kind of deserves his own article. Every time you write an article about someone, they're really they continue to dominate. So we love that. Do one on Trey, and he'll dominate again this week. So they definitely need that going up against this Miami Dolphins offense. But plenty on all Bengals. Make sure you check them out. Even on Twitter, I love the breakdown, the video breakdowns, a lot of recaps from the games. Bengals underscore Sands. You can follow me at LNDS Patterson. We will have another preview coming out later this week. But thank you as always for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.